Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. calls it a bye week but it's not a bye week because bye weeks you usually want to get away for a little bit because you got a long season ahead of you this wasn't something you wanted to get away from you wanted to take advantage of the time to rest and recover from a long season and get a little bit healthier and more energy but at the same time you you, know, you got to stay into it every single day so we had a, it was usually one day off two days on but we only had two full speed practices so i think we were able to rest our bodies and make us fresher this week but i know our guys are ready to get out there it's, it's been too long now and we can't wait for saturday that's kyle shanahan head coach of the san francisco 49ers uh, talking about uh, them getting the bye week. Was it a legit bye week? No, players really don't go away. Did they get an extra day off? Probably, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure itching at the bit to get back on the field, just like he said, to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Again, the 49ers favored by seven over under 44 and a half. You're listening to Weekend Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. So I asked the question, what's, what's the one game you're most looking forward to? And do you have do you have like a your your favorite bet for the weekend? I want to hear it. Let's go to Anthony in Freehold. Anthony, you're up. Anita, how are you? Good evening. Uh, you are my favorite host on any <laughs> radio show. I just have to throw that out there. That's very nice, um, Anthony. My if if I had one game that I could watch this weekend, it would have to be the Vikings Niners. I'm I'm really excited to see how how. Uh, Kirk Cousins comes out after, you know, last week's game and, and you know, his playoff, you know, blunders and, and all that fun stuff. But I, I think I think this Vikings team has a shot to uh, beat the 49ers. But my best bet would be for this weekend would be uh, Green Bay minus four or minus four and a half. It's Thanks up to, for it's my up, call, Anita. Have a good night. You got it, Anthony. Thank you, and thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. Uh, that line is up to five now, by the way. Um. All right, so let's 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 dive into it uh, in in regard to this game and and how I would pick it. Again, the 49ers um are favored by 7 over under 44 and a half. So so here's the thing. Um the Minnesota Vikings are really roster. If you look at their roster like on both sides of the coin, they have the most talented players on both sides of their roster. So they are the most complete team. Now you, we can sit here and we can get into Kirk Cousins, you know, after after what you saw in New Orleans and, and the Minnesota Vikings beating the Saints. Now do you finally believe in Kirk Cousins? Let's go beyond that. Um, here here's the key for me, and and really quick. So I, I do believe the 49ers are going to win. How am I going to play this? I'm going to play the 49ers minus six and a half. I'm going to buy the hook down which is minus 125. So first and foremost, that's how I'm playing them. I'm also playing the 49ers over 25 and a half team total points. So what I'm saying is that the I think the 49ers are going to score more than 25 points. I think the 49ers are going to score a lot of points here. Here's the one big key that I'm looking at, and that is the Minnesota Vikings secondary is beat up. McKenzie Alexander is out. 
Andrew Sandejo is going to play. And knowing Kyle Shanahan and having the immense respect for him, especially how he schemes offensively, I think he's going to scheme an offensive game plan against Minnesota in their defense that Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel and um, Emmanuel Sanders and there's one wide receiver that I'm going to get into. His name is Kendrick Bourne, who plays out of the slot. And that's going to be the Andrew Sandejo assignment. And and I I want to believe that Kyle Shanahan is going to scheme for Kendrick Bourne. Um, another uh, some other other things that are going on with the San Francisco 49ers. Their defense is finally getting healthy, and probably really the biggest key here is that they get D Ford back. They get they get Alexander back. Um, they get Tart back. But the biggest thing is they get D Ford back. When he's on the field, the 49ers sack rate is 16%. When he is off, they are only five. That is a huge, that is a huge sack rate percentage for one player, for one player to be on or off the football field. On top of that, you've got a 49ers team. They're coming off of a bye. They've had two weeks to, to, to prepare. Like I said, I really do. I have immense respect for Kyle Shanahan. I think he's one of the best head coaches, let alone offensive coordinators in the NFL. Um, this is a 49ers team. Their defense is the best at taking away the deep ball. Second best pass defense. Second in pressure rate. They can get up. And here's here's really the big key. They can get after Kirk Cousins without blitzing. Their defensive line. They don't have to send everybody. They can, they, they can, they can get pressure and get to Kirk Cousins without sending more than four and having guys drop back. On top of that, I don't like what I'm hearing out of Minnesota. Adam Thielen has stitches in his ankle. He hurt his ankle in practice this week. Stefan Diggs is upset again. Why? Because he's not getting the ball. He's not getting enough targets. He missed practice because of a, an illness. Was it an illness or because he's frustrated again and he's angry and he's a little crybaby? I just there there's just too many things that are coming out of Minnesota that just don't sit well with me. Here's another thing. With Adam Thielen playing last week, they played at a three wide receiver set more than fifty percent of the time. With his injury and, and that was a big key as to why they beat the Saints. Saints were not ready for that offense. The Saints defense, if you mention if if you recall what I talked about last week, the Saints defense had the number one and number two defense against 21 and 12 personnel, which is multiple tight ends and multiple running backs. You know what the Vikings did? They saw that stat. Or maybe they listened to the show. Just kidding. They knew that. I mean, these NFL teams have better analytic departments than anyone we know that we have on 98.7 ESPN. That's for sure. But in all seriousness, the Minnesota, the, the, the Saints had the number one and number two defense, best defense in the NFL against multiple tight ends and multiple running back sets. So what did the Vikings do? They came out and they played, they played three wide receiver set more than 50% of the time. And a big reason for that as well is because Adam Thielen was healthy. And that was a big reason why they beat the Saints. Saints weren't ready for that. So. Without Adam Thielen being healthy, like, is he going to be on a pitch count? Like, how bad is this ankle injury? Apparently, he's going to be playing with stitches. S- Stefan Diggs isn't happy again. 
And I'm not a really big person into trends, but I'm going to share one with you. Um, with Mike Zimmer as the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, for the Vikings playing without a full week off and being a road underdog, the Vikings are 1-4-1 and one against the spread. 1-4-1 one, and one against the spread. So those, those are just, those are just a few reasons why I, uh, I, I like the 49ers. Again, I'm going to buy the hook. So I'm laying 125 to win 100. That's really what that means. I'm taking the over on team total points for the 49ers. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. Um, I'm taking the team total over at 25 and a half. And here are some prop bets that I'm going to play. You heard me talk about wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. He's going to come out of the slot. I got him to score. By the way, let me, let me just, let me rewind here. He's played in 51% of the snaps for the 49ers. And since week 10, he has four in zone targets. So you know what? How about this? How about Bourne scores and the 49ers win at plus 400? How about that? How about he just scores at plus 350? Um, I really, really like that bet. And I've, I've been looking for uh, prop bets in receptions and receiving yards over for Bourne. I have not been able to find them anywhere. I will continue to search up until kickoff. Hopefully I can get on that. Jimmy Garoppolo over one and a half touchdown passes. That's a, I just think that's a no, that's like, that's gotta be like my best bet tomorrow. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, two touchdown passes and the win for plus 134. Dalvin Cook, I do believe he scores a touchdown. Uh, Kittle over six and a half receptions. Kirk Cousins, I'm going under 228 and a half receiving yards. I just, I really, really believe with this 49ers defense getting healthy, with both Alexander and D Ford back, and them able to really rush the quarterback with, in, in only sin four, not having to blitz. I think it's going to be a different day for Kirk Cousins out there on the West Coast than it was in the Big Easy for him. And last but not least, the other play that I'm going to make, I love the total in sacks for both teams in this game over five and a half. Over five and a half. So those are all my plays in the Minnesota 49ers game. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Pete in Westchester. Pete, you're up. Nita, how you doing? Good evening. You know, I was gonna. I had a whole thing prepared, but then I, I told my wife, "You got to learn how to play golf." After how you led that last promo, so <laughs> just being honest with you. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so my thing is, I, the game I love the most is 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 Packers and and Seahawks. But the game that I want to wager on, I want your take is, I, I love the Texans with, with the nine. I, I got nine point five right now. I don't know what you have. You love the Texans. Well, I, I do just because just because Anita and I got to preface this by you're really the reason I jumped into this world because I never really followed the fantasy the betting and your passion is like 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 just just got me to a new level and and this game just jumps out at me. I'm I'm actually all over Kansas City, but um, my text messaging back and forth with Michael Schwimmer, who's uh, who owns the Jambos website. Yeah. Um, he's on the Texans. So how about we do this? We're going to, yeah. I was going to wait and I was, I wasn't, I wasn't going to, I was, I'm, I'm going to see if I can get him on next because 
I think okay. I think I think this is a good time to have him on, especially since you like the Texans and you're listening yeah. to the show right now. So I'm going to try to get Michael Schwimmer on because I know he's on the Texans. And, and to be honest with you, Pete, I think it might be his best play of the weekend. If, if I, I hear something about the JJ Watt thing coming back and, and momentum, and they're kind of like they're kind of like flying under the radar. You know what I mean? And I just you know, and I love Patrick Mahomes. He's 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 the Michael Jordan right now. But I don't know something brings. Can I ask one other question, though, before I jump? Of course, Pete. I'm jumping into a new company, which is kind of right in your wheelhouse, and I'm an investor and I'm a partner, and I'd love to pick your brain. This is not a pitch. This is not a sales pitch, but someone like you could certainly help me with my career going forward. Is there any way I can connect with you off air? Yeah, I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, our producer, Giselle, will get your information, Pete. Thank you so much, and you have a great weekend. You got it. Thank you so much. All right, we come back. Um, I'm going to get Michael Schwimmer on the show. He's with Jambos. He breaks down all four games. And like I said, if if I remember correctly in my text messages back and forth with him, I I do believe that the Texans might be his favorite play, which might be surprising for a lot of people. Um, So I'm actually really anxious to have him on. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. It's going to be a much tougher 49ers defense. More like the defense we saw in the first half of the season than the second half of the season. They're getting three guys back, one guy at each level. Jaquiski Tart at safety, Quan Alexander at linebacker, D4 at edge rusher. Three very good players. The numbers say they're a drastically different defense with those guys on the field. Uh, Bill Barnwell, music to my ears. That's what I just talked about when it comes to the 49ers. Um, you're uh, listening to The Weekend Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Without further ado, Michael Schwimmer joins us on the show. He's got a great website called Jambos, and uh, he's been on fire all season long. So, uh, so Schwim, let's kick it off. First game, the Vikings and the 49ers. 49ers are favored by seven. Over-under is 44-and-a-half. Who do you like in this matchup? I'm going with the Vikings again in this game. I mean, if you look at all the eight, all eight teams that are left, Anita, there's only one team that has both a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. Very few people, I think, understand and know how well-rounded and good this Vikings team is. Now, again, they're not like super great in any one category. They obviously don't have the offenses like the Chiefs or the Ravens, um, but but all around, both offensively and defensively, this team is just it's just so good. You know, going against the, the 49ers defense, 49ers team, which again, we rank as the best team in the NFC. As you know, Anita, we were on the Vikings pretty heavy last week against the Saints. It's just a really tough draw going against the 49ers, who again are really well rounded, really strong with Kittle. Everybody's healthy at this point. So it's hard because these are the two teams I like the most in the NFC. They happen to be playing against each other, but we make the line 4.8 points. So you're going to get seven. So we like the Vikings. So, are you into trends at all? Do you guys at, at Jambos? Do you guys follow trends, or no? So we, so we analyze a lot of the trends, like ATS trends. We don't. There's just not. They're not really statistically significant, or like like the Kirk Cousins like prime time game. Like those trends are not. But you get into like some sort of weather trends and other types of trends that are statistically significant. That at least we found um, that we take a look at. And surely there are some trends that we that could be that just simply aren't in our model. So. It depends on the trend, I guess, is the answer. So so here's a, tr- here's a trend I, I want to share with you, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. So the Minnesota mm-hmm. Vikings playing without a full week off 
under Zim. This is this is this is of course under Zim as head coach. Yeah. Playing without a full week off and going on the road as underdogs are one four and one against the spread. All right. So a couple things here. It absolutely matters in terms of days off. We, we measure it by days and travel time. And something that's interesting, a lot of people used to think it's those like West Coast teams traveling east. What we found is actually miles and time traveled is more important than time zone traveling. So going uh, to San Francisco here does matter. Having six days rest absolutely matters. Both those things are factored in. Now, the fact that they're one and four with Zimmerman in those, in, with Zimmer in those situations, we do not factor that in. Now, I'm not saying that's not a factor. I'm just saying that that's not in our model. Interesting. All right. Game two on Saturday. Tennessee going up against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, 12 straight wins at home, 9-3 and three against the spread this season. Um, and they're coming off of a bye week. Not only that, they got to rest their players in week 17. Some people might think that might hurt them. Lamar Jackson, everybody's anticipating him to win the MVP. But the Tennessee Titans is their third straight road game, but they're getting 10. There's a number of people who think that they could pull the straight up the upset. How are you playing this, Schwim? Well, uh, a couple things here. First of all, I'm playing it with the Ravens, and, and I like the over as well. And I think the most correlated bet you can make here, and actually a really smart bet, is the Ravens over parlay. And sometimes parlays you know, are not the most advantageous mathematically, but when you have a spread like 10 and over-under in the mid-upper-40s, you can parlay those. And again, it, it is correlated. So the chances that the Ravens do cover the spread and it landing in an over is far more likely than obviously them covering uh, and it ending in an under. And the other thing I, you mentioned that some people are – I hear that too. Some people say, oh, that extra week off can be tough. I mean, nobody ever talks about that during the regular season. You get a bye week, it's an extra week off. Everyone's like, oh, they're coming off a bye, this is great. Now all of a sudden playoffs, it's not? That makes no sense. We know mathematically that time off does help. It is advantageous to the Ravens. Now, the Ravens are still one of the toughest teams to model in all of football because of just how different their style is. But, you know, again, we think we think it's a double-digit win for the Ravens. And, and I'm just going to try to close my eyes and not worry about the eye test that I saw with what Derrick Henry did last week because God among men, I mean, it was like running with the Bulls. I, I mean, it was. Yeah, I really haven't seen anything like you know, him running the football with, with as much authority as he did that game. And, you know, the Ravens' run defense isn't that great. So I can see how people like the Titans, but the Titans' defense is what's awful. I mean, they are so, so bad. And they got lucky going against a bad Patriots offense. Now they're facing, you know, the best offense around. I don't know how the Ravens don't hang 30-plus against the Titans in this game. Let me so ask you. I'm, I'm hoping it's a high-scoring game. Good. Interest, interesting, because you mentioned the Tennessee Titans defense. They're going to be without, is it Jayon Brown? Am I pronouncing his first name properly? Linebacker. Yep, he's, Jayon, yep. he's out with a shoulder issue. To me, that's a huge red flag because – if anything, you need you need a stellar linebacking core in order to in, in order to con- you're not going to stop him, but in order to contain or help contain Lamar Jackson, I think that's a huge loss for them on the defensive side of the ball. It is a fantastic point. Yes, linebackers with speed, which is what they have. That, that's how you beat this like tor- sort of Ravens type offense. If there is a way to contain, you need these four 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 five running linebackers, and they're, they're really hard to find. Those don't grow on trees because they got to be able to you know how quick you can get in that. RPO read action, a quick reaction time to be able to cover that. The dive plus then Lamar Jackson on the outside. You need really fast sideline to sideline linebackers. They are out one with the, with uh, Jayon Brown. So I agree totally. That is a that is a big factor. And on the other side, the Mark Ingram, which I, he looks like he will play, but even if he was out, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are, are plenty to pick up the load there. So we don't think that that injury 
matters nearly as much as, as Jayon Brown does. Michael Schwimmer joining us here on Weekend Wager. Again, you could follow him on Twitter at MS Schwimmer. Also, check out his site, founder of Jambos Analytics. Um, and of course, uh, one of my coworkers on Daily Wager that you can tune into Monday through Friday on ESPN2 from 6 to 7 p.m. And of course, we're on uh, tomorrow morning, bright and early, 9 a.m. on Saturday, and then again on Sunday at 11 a.m., getting you ready for Divisional Weekend. All right, uh, really quick before I let you go, because I know you've got to uh, scurry on uh, with your fantastic evening with, I'm sure, your beautiful wife. Um, Houston, <laughs> Houston and Kansas City, they, uh, they are playing on Sunday. Kansas City at home. Uh, giving ten, or and and then uh, and then the over under right now is at fifty one. Now, majority people think this is going to be a complete blowout. What do you say? Not me. This is my biggest edge of the week, and it's on the Texans. Whoa! Uh, this is this is the biggest model edge that we see here. Tell me all the reasons points. why. Here, here's why. It is the control of the Texans' offense. And this is another correlated parlay situation with the Texans and the under here. If this game goes how I think it can go, the Texans are going to take the air out of the football. We saw this happen already in Kansas City this year. Because the Chiefs' run defense is so bad, they can, the Texans are able to run the ball again with, uh, with Watson, who is included in the run game. I mean, they're the fourth-best rushing team in the NFL, so they control. They they love snapping the ball with a second left on the clock. They can take the big play shots. You understand the Chiefs have to play help over the top. They have no coverage that can stick with Hopkins and Fuller and Still. So they have to play their safeties back. They can't put eight in the box. The running game should be out there all day. They should be able to control the clock, control the game. There's just not going to be enough snaps for the Chiefs' offense is what we're seeing. Now, obviously, the Chiefs have a huge advantage in the passing game. Their passing game is uh, is elite, and the Texans' pass defense is really, really bad. So we know that. We see that, okay? Now, the pass rush with the Texans is really improving, obviously, with J.J. Watt makes a big difference in this game. But ultimately, it's the control of the game that the Texans should be able to have from a time standpoint to keep this game really close throughout. And in addition, you get the backdoor advantage. Remember, the Chiefs are going to have a tough time running the ball against the Texans. So if they do get a lead, let's say they're up 10, 14, 16 points, right? They're going to run the ball, which they're not going to be able to control it running it, punting it away. Thus, the back door is also wide open just in case it does get out of hand. But, again, I think this is a really close game all throughout. I know, again, last week my best play was the Vikings and all the public and everybody was on the Saints. I know this week everybody's on the Chiefs, but the model – the model says the Texans here, and I'm sticking with it pretty hard. Interesting. You, you you mentioned the game that they played earlier on in the regular season, but keep in mind, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes was a shell of himself. He was dealing with a foot issue. There were just a lot of things that were, you know, Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator, this defense wasn't uh, wasn't peaking. We, we saw this defense peak the last, like, two, three weeks of the season. That doesn't concern you at all, that this is a much different Kansas Whoa. City team than what we saw a few weeks ago. The Mahomes factor is there, but that that's not the reason for the play. The reason for the play is the Chiefs defense. And, you know, coming to his own, you, you got to understand who they're playing, the opponents and the styles of this. So did they perform better the last two weeks? Sure. But did they face offenses like the Texans that provide a running mobile quarterback with the threats that they have on the outside? I mean, it's just a matchup. This is a matchup nightmare. I'm not sure if the Chiefs, if there's a team besides Baltimore 
that is better suited to play this Chiefs defense than the Texas offense in any whole NFL. So it's the matchups as as what we see. But you are correct in terms of Pat Mahomes was injured, was wobbly. So I think that the Chiefs may be able to score with him. But, again, there's only so many plays. When when, when the Texans are going to win this time of possession game is what we think. It's just not enough plays for the Chiefs' offense to really be able to control the game. I, my, unless, unless all of a sudden the Chiefs run defense, if they can put eight in the box and then they can win on the outside, which is a, definitely a strategy. It's just hard for me to believe they can win with DeAndre Hopkins, Fuller, and Stills. But they could try to do that, in which case it, it should be more of a higher-scoring game uh, with a lot of passing over the top. But I think they're going to play it safe, keep the safeties back, not get beat deep, and and then get obliterated in the run game. Interesting. All right, last NFL game for you, Schwim. Uh, Seattle and Green Bay. Uh, the line was at four. Now it's jumped up to five. Green Bay favored by five. Um, Over-under in this is 46-and-a-half. I, I don't know what to make. Out of all four games, this is the one that I probably feel the, the least comfortable with. How, how are you playing yeah, yeah, so we actually do have an edge on this game. It's extremely rare, should the listeners know, that to have four games and have an edge on all four games is, like, unheard of for us. This is a, We're in very rare territory. Usually models have an edge on about – our model's about, you know, 35% of games. So to go four for four here. But it is on the Seattle Seahawks, and it's a pretty significant edge uh, in this game. Russell Wilson should be able to do whatever he wants against this Packers defense. They really struggle against mobile quarterbacks. DK Metcalf's coming into his own, um, and the Packers Packers do best when they're working off the run, but the Seattle run defense is really good. Now, the Seattle pass defense is not at all, right? So I actually like the over in this game, and, and I know it's in Lambeau Field, it's cold, but there's really not much wind to worry about and not, not, not many elements to worry about in that particular game, like, again, we could be seeing in Baltimore, but... Um, so, so I like the Seattle, I like the Seattle, and I like the over. Now, I would not recommend parlaying this because it's not a correlated parlay like the others. Again, the Baltimore over or the Texans under is so separate plays in this game, both Seattle and the over. All right, I, I mean, the Packers are calling for people to show up to the stadium so they can help shovel snow. That's not a concern <laughs> for you at all, Schwim. Not a concern that they are asking people to come help shovel snow before the game. Don't you love Green Bay? I mean, how great is that? Um, but uh, yeah, we used to, at UVA, University of Virginia, I played baseball there. We would, we would ask community members and fraternities to help shovel snow off the tarp. But uh, I don't know about the community members. It's beautiful. But, um, no, it doesn't. And because, you know, snow, what we know, this is, again, mathematical fact here. You know, snow and temperature have very little effect on scoring when you compare it to wind. Right. So, that that's by far the bigger effect, and we're looking at a very calm, windy day is what we're projecting here. So I'm hoping the public sees that, sees the snow, sees the weather, and forces this line to go down. It's actually gone up because, again, the modelers really like the over in this game. But, um, you know, I guess a lot of models like Green Bay. We're just kind of on the other side. But it is, you are right, though. I have heard it being, like, across the board. This is a really split game in terms of modelers, uh, models on both sides, and the general public on both sides. He is Michael Schwimmer, make sure you check him out. Jambos, jambos.com. Always great to talk to you, Schwim. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anita. Have a good day. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, this is Brian Musburger, and you're listening to Anita Marks on the Weekend Wager. Will I buy you a house? Do we forget how good Baltimore is and how good Baltimore was all year? Everyone's understanding that Tennessee's a physical football team. 
Lamar Jackson still playing for Baltimore? Do they still have the MVP of the NFL? I remember everyone talking about Lamar Jackson and referencing him to Michael Vick. And everyone talked about Michael Vick and how different it was when you actually had to play him on the field. Now, Lamar Jackson's speed as a runner and his ability to throw the football downfield, the Baltimore Ravens aren't scared of the Tennessee Titans. That's Dan Orlovsky on Get Up. He does such a great job talking about that Baltimore Ravens-Tennessee Titans matchup. Again, you're listening to Weekend Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Jim in Long Island. I see you. Hang tight. I'll get to you. 800-919-3776. So this Tennessee uh, Titans-Baltimore Ravens game. Uh, Ravens are favored by 10. The over-under here is at 47, 46 and a half in some places. How will I play this? Hmm... So this is Tennessee's third straight road game. No bueno. I don't like that. Uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, 12 straight wins, 9-3 and three against the spread. They're home. They're coming off of a bye week. Not only a bye week, but, um, you know, they, they were able to rest their, rest their players in week 17. On top of that, people might not be aware of this because we talk about the Patriots having the best defense. Since week four, statistically, the Ravens have the best defense in the NFL. And they get after the quarterback. And they're going to get after Ryan Tannehill. 55% blitz rate. And they can do it because their secondary is just so damn good. How good is their secondary? Ever since they uh, added Marcus Peters, um, offenses are only scoring on 75% of their drives. They're only scoring touchdowns on 13% of their drives. They haven't given up more than 20, 21 points in a game. And they've only allowed two or fewer offensive touchdowns. They have not allowed more than two offensive touchdowns a game since week seven. So just defensively, they're just really, really, really good. Now, are they going to be able to stop Derrick Henry? No, I don't think they'll be able to stop him. Will they contain? I don't think he's going to, I don't, I think Derrick Henry is going to have the game that he had against the, the, uh, the Patriots for 182 yards. I don't see that. But I, I do believe that Ryan Tannehill is going to struggle here. And it's a shame because I'm thrilled with the season that Ryan Tannehill has had. Tennessee de- Tennessee Titans, their defense, they struggle against scrambling quarterbacks, that's for sure. And as I mentioned with Schwimmer, uh, Jayon Brown, linebacker for the Tennessee, Tennessee Titans, him being out because of a shoulder issue is a huge hit, especially when you're going up against Lamar Jackson. So how am I going to play this? I'm going to play this Baltimore Ravens, up in the first quarter, I've got the Ravens minus three at the end of the first quarter. I've got the Ravens minus six at the end of the of, of the first half. Um, I've got the Baltimore Ravens at minus nine and a half. I'm buying the half a point. I'm buying the ten down to nine and a half for minus one fifteen. And also, I'm playing the Baltimore Ravens team total over twenty eight and a half points. And probably what I'll do, and this is so fun to do if you don't, if, to wager in game. So hypothetically speaking, let's just say I put $25 down on the Ravens being up by three, if not more at the end of the first quarter. Let's say I win that. Let's say the first quarter ends and Baltimore's up seven nothing. Okay. What am I going to do? I'm going to take that money and I'm going to reinvest it in the Baltimore Ravens being up by more than six in the, in, at the end of the half. That happens. Woo. Now I'm playing with house money. Now I'm going to take, now I'm going to take an extra $50 and I'm going to throw it on the Ravens at the end of the game, being up, winning by more than, more than nine and a half. 
possibly 10. Um, I think that's a really, really fun way to gamble responsibly and 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 just in-game betting I, I think is so fun. So here are some other prop bets that I like. I love Lamar Jackson over 211.5 passing yards. I love Lamar Jackson over 75.5 rushing yards. Love that one. Love it a lot. Love Lamar Jackson over one and a half touchdown passes. I'm going to throw some money on that he does score a rushing touchdown. Why the heck not? Especially with uh, the Tennessee Titans, one of their linebackers being down. How about how about a prop parlay? Lamar Jackson rushes for 100 yards and the Ravens win at plus 180. I mean, come on. Love Mark Andrews over 49 and a half receiving yards. I also like the other two tight ends who play. Hurst over 15 and a half. Boyle over 13 and a half receiving yards. Boyle has been playing 69 and a, and 69 over 69% of the snaps even with Mark Andrews being active. When they go a two tight end set. I I'm going Ryan Tannehill under 222 and a half passing yards. Ryan Tannehill under. I just I think this Baltimore Ravens defense is just too good, and they're going to be getting to to Ryan Tannehill. Um, and also I have Seth Roberts, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, to score for plus five fifty. I want to say he scored in like three of their last five games or something like that, something or other. All right, uh, let's get a Jim in Long Island. Jim, you're up. Hi, Nina. How are you? Great. Long time no chat. I love talking football with you. Thank you. You're about, you're about the best there is out there. Uh, quick thoughts on a uh, bet. I was thinking of doing the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Okay. The over the over fifty one, and do a parlay the nine and a half and fifty on the uh, on the over uh, three bets. What do you think? So. Okay, so you're gonna one bet is gonna be Kansas City. You're you're gonna you're you're gonna buy it down to nine and a half. Yeah, laying down to nine and a half. Yep. Okay, all right, I like it. And then and then you're gonna do you're gonna do a parlay. Oh. Well, I'm gonna do the over first for fifty one. Okay. And then the parlay nine and a half, giving nine and a half and fifty on the over. Did you did you hear the interview with uh, with Schwimmer? Just. I only heard part of it. I didn't catch the end there. He's got, he he loves Houston, and he says Houston is one of his best plays, which which has me which has me a little concerned. When we get back, this is what I'm going to do, Jim. When we get back, hang tight. Um, I, I'm going to dive into that uh, that Houston's can that Houston Kansas City game, and I'll tell you some of the stats, some of the nuggets I have for that, and how I plan to play that. I have immense respect for Michael Schwimmer. Jambos has been doing extremely well this NFL season. But I just, I'm going to share with you all the nuggets that I've uncovered and that I've researched. And I still just can't understand how Kansas City isn't just going to dominate this game. At the end of the day, I'm anticipating Kansas City and the Ravens to win. And I'll be honest with you. That AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the Ravens, to me, I'd pay – guys, by the way, we've got Joel and Giselle who are, who, who are producing the show. Guys, would you pay more money to go see Kansas City and the Ravens 
play as opposed to either of those teams playing, let's say, the 49ers. Yeah, I would. Right? Like, to me, like, the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs, to me, is the Super Bowl. And it's really, I know it's the AFC Championship game. But it's going to be the Super Bowl to me. Like, like I'd pay more money for that matchup than any other matchup that's still left on the table. Joel, agree or disagree? I agree. It absolutely is the Super Bowl for me, too. Okay, good. I'm glad that the three of us are in agreement at 11.15 on a Friday night. All right, we get back. Um, we will dive into the Sunday games. 3 o'clock is the first one. Texans at Kansas City. Kansas City favored by 10 over under 51. And then the evening game is uh, kicks off around 6.40, and that's Seattle at Green Bay. The line opened up at 4. Uh, now it's up to 5. Green Bay is favored by 5. The over-under is at 46.5. We get back. We'll dive into these matchups, as well as Mike Clay is going to join us on the show at 11.30 with some prop bets. If you like playing around with some prop bets, player prop bets, over-unders, who's going to score a touchdown, who's not, uh, that is uh, Appointment Radio because Mike Clay at ESPN is one of the best in the business. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back. Weekend Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Want to remind you, it's 98.7 ESPN Superbox Bonanza 2. Giving away over $10,000 in cash and prizes, including a $3,000 grand prize. All you have to do is listen for your chance to win 100 boxes to February's big game. will be given away during the DiPietro, Canty, and Rothenberg show from 10 a.m. to 1 o'clock and on the Michael K. show from 3 to 7 p.m. all this month. Plus, We'll have 10 super boxes with even more great prizes, and it's all brought to you by PC Richard and Son. Get ready for the big game with a new TV from PC Richard and Son, and you're home for football. It's 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, let's bring in Mike Clay uh, from ESPN uh, with all the prop bets. And the first one, let's, let's start with the first game. That's the Vikings and the 49ers. Uh, Mike, you you are all over Kirk Cousins, and you like the over in passing yards with Kirk Cousins. Very interesting because I like the under. Tell me all the reasons why you like the over. Yeah, uh, two words, game script, right? Uh, you know, Minnesota spent a, t- a lot of time leading this year, and they were able to do what they want to do and lean heavily on Dalvin Cook in the running game. Anita, I just don't think that's going to be the case here, right? They're pretty significant underdogs here against the best team in the NFC, the 49ers. Uh, You know, this makes perfect sense, but they've called past 46% of the time in their 11 wins this season, but 63% of the time in their six losses. Cousins has been pretty efficient. Say what you want about him in prime time, but, you know, he's completed just under 70% of his passes. He's averaging over 8.1 yards per attempt. So if the volume is up higher than usual, I think he'll get to this mark. And look, even with them ahead, you know, winning 11 of their 17 games, he's thrown for 227 in 10 of his 17 games this season. And he's actually reached 207 in all of his road games this season. So he's at least been in the vicinity on every road game this season. He usually hits this mark. Uh, you add the game script in. I think there's a lot of reasons to think he gets there. All right. I have a question for you in regard to this matchup. Um, I, I, in, in listening to a, a lot of analysis all week long, 
Um, it's it's been pointed out that uh, Sendejo is going to have to play, and, and you do such. A, and let me just preface by saying that you do a phen- phenomenal job all year round with your cornerback wide receiver matchups. It's one of my favorite articles to read, like every week that you do. So I'm being told that Sendejo is going to have to start at the slot receiver position. And that Kyle Shanahan, knowing that going in, will really highlight his slot wide receiver. And his slot wide receiver, and I, I, I'm, excuse me if I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, is it Kendrick Bourne? Is it Kendrick Bourne, Bourne? Is the E silent? <laughs> I mean, because this yeah. is a, this is a guy that really we don't really know a lot about. I, I, each and every day I've been looking anywhere I can go to try to find the prop bet of over receptions and over yards for this guy and I can't find it. I'm hoping that it, 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 it reveals itself at some point in time before kickoff. But if that's the case, Kendrick Bourne plays the slot. I want to say I read that um he played fifty one percent of the snaps the past since week ten and mm-hmm. he has he has four in zone targets since week ten as well. So I I'm cur- I'm just curious to get your thoughts on Sendejo and do you think that would be a wise play to play Kendrick Bourne, who who plays out of the slot? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, if you just look at last week, uh, Alexander was out for that one as well. So was Mike Hughes and Harrison Smith and Sendejo handled most of the slot coverage. So you may see Smith in there a little bit, but you're right. Sendejo might end up getting the most run in the slot. But overall, I think it'll be by committee. You'll get some Holton Hill in there as well. Just keep in mind, though, uh, you meant you mentioned I've been tracking this stuff for you know what going on five years now, and Minnesota this year has actually been decent against the slot. It's the perimeter where they have really struggled. So I wouldn't just assume that you're going to see this barrage of targets to Bourne. I think they'd still be smart to come out and attack with Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. They are their two best receivers. They're primarily on the outside, and Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes cannot stop anybody. So I still think even with Zanejo. Uh, inside, Smith inside, those guys will get plenty of run on the outside. But you're right. I mean, if you're playing DFS, maybe you want to take a shot on Bourne. That's fine. But, you know, that's just that, – I think that goes for any week just because he's kind of one of them, you know, low-roster kind of guys you're not thinking about but in a high-scoring offense. All right, let's move on to the second game uh, tomorrow on Saturday. That's the Titans and the Ravens. And two players, two prop bets, you're all over. Mark Andrews tied in over 46 and a half receiving yards. I love it. My only concern is that he's still going in questionable. So if he's going in questionable, is that a red flag at all? Man, this dude's always questionable, isn't he? You know, like. Yes, <laughs> you're right. He's such a presence but it, it almost you know tight ends just can't seem to stay healthy anymore it's just it's really unfortunate there's so many good talents at that spot but it's injury after injury uh and it almost reminds you of Gronk a little bit here with this guy because when he's out there he's just so so good but he's constantly uh constantly is that Q tag but uh here's the thing I mean he only played he, he's a part-time player he only played 45 percent of the offensive snaps during the regular season even and that's just including his full games He's still, Anita, in those games, averaged just under 57 yards per game. The, the prop here is 46 and a half. So that's well above that line. In fact, my projection for him is 64%. You know, he is Lamar Jackson's top target. He's handling a target share right around 25%. He's gone over this line in eight uh, of 14 regular, again, full regular season games this season. And here's what really pushed it over the top for me is he played some of his highest snap shares in his most recent two games, weeks 15 and 16, uh, and that's a good sign because when he gets when he plays most of the snaps, 
uh, or, or at least is on the high end of his snap totals for the season. He gets into the 7 to 10 target range, and he hits this mark almost every time. So I uh, like that a lot. also like the matchup. The Titans have been pretty bad against the tight end position this season. They've also allowed over 272 passing yards per game, seventh most in the NFL. Really a lot to like here with the Ravens at home. The only concern you have is either an injury setback or – they get ahead by so much early in the game that they don't have to throw the football. But you like to think the Titans, the way they've been scoring since Tannehill took over, they should, they can keep this competitive, and Andrews can get uh, get through 47 yards. On the opposite side of the ball for the Tennessee Titans, A.J. Brown, I've been telling folks when uh, Josh Jacobs went went down with that shoulder issue and he didn't play one week and then he tried to play another week and, and that really didn't bode well for him and then he was out week 17. I said, start putting money on A.J. Brown to win Rookie of the Year at one point in time, I want to say it was like plus 700, plus 500, plus 220. I'll be shocked if he doesn't win it. You like him going over 57 and a half receiving yards um, heading into tomorrow's game. I do. I mean, if you just focus in on Tannehill's 11 starts, which you just kind of alluded to, he's averaging a little over 71 yards per game. The prop here is 57 and a half. So it's well above that mark. I know he's been kind of all over the place. He's had some really low totals, really high totals, but you know, he's reached 58 in his six of those 11 games, his efficiency, tremendous. I mean, not just rookies, Anita. If you take all 80 receivers this season with 50 or more targets, he's first in yards per target. He's second in yards per catch. He's first in yards after the catch. Uh, the guy has been tremendous here as a rookie. And then, you know, I mentioned the words game script before. That's a factor here, right? They're, uh, the Titans are 10-point underdogs, so we should expect them to have to throw the ball. I know they want to run it with Derrick Henry, but if they're behind by 10 in the, in the second half, guess what? You know, the Henry show's over. It's going to be the Ryan Tannehill show. Uh, and we've seen that so far. In those 11 starts, the Titans are averaging just under 27 dropbacks per game in their eight wins. But in the three losses, they're just under 40. That is a gigantic gap. Uh, you know, the Ravens, very good against the pass. That makes me a little bit nervous here. But teams do throw to the tight or to the wide receiver a ton. 358 targets for wide receivers against them this season. That is third most in the NFL. It's just how teams have decided to attack them. A.J. Brown, obviously a heavily targeted number one here for Tennessee, so I think he's going to get to 58. Honestly, I have him projected uh, closer to 65, so you know the line is pretty close. It is in the vicinity, but it's enough of a gap that at minus $1.10, I'm interested. Mike Clay joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see all his work, of course, all over ESPN, all over their platforms. Um and again, one of the best in the business. We're blessed to have you this evening. Thank you, Mike. Uh, let's take a look at some of the Sunday games. Three o'clock, Texans at Kansas City. You're all over Travis Kelsey. Yes, he'll score a touchdown. I like that. I read a stat, um, most targeted, uh, player in the NFL within uh, not just the red zone, but the, 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 the 10 yards, 10 yards into the end zone. Um, so I, I really do like that. You also like the over on 71 and a half receiving yards. You're feeling that, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to look to his way a lot tomorrow on 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 Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Houston is a matchup you could take advantage of. They allowed the eighth most yards to tight ends this season. They've also allowed the tenth most touchdowns, the sixth to that position. Uh, but my projection for him comes in at just under eighty-four yards. So that's uh, you know well over the seventy-one and a half. And I give him a fifty-seven percent chance to score a touchdown. So at plus a dollar twenty. I'm certainly interested in that. And, you know, you mentioned those targets inside the 10. That's key because, you know, he if you look at his production in the scoring department this season, he was a little unlucky. 
right? And, you know, only six touchdowns. That, that should seem low for him, a guy that's that good and handles such a huge target share in that Chiefs offense. Well, it is, you know, even though that's fourth among tight ends, well, his expected touchdown total was 7.9, his OTD, as we call it. That's just based on volume and location of targets. He also had nine end zone targets. That was fourth at the position. That OTD I mentioned was first at the position. So he actually was a little unlucky in, in the touchdown department, and that's, I think, why this comes in at plus $1.20. It probably should be closer to, uh, you know, maybe even money or, or maybe minus $1.10, something in that vicinity. But uh, I like it a lot. A plus a, a plus $1.20, I think it's very intriguing. And, and, you know, you mentioned the yardage. Again, it's really a volume thing. He, he hit this mark in nine of 16 regular season games, and that was with – Patrick Mahomes essentially missing a month. So like that one a lot as well. And last but not least, uh, the last game on Sunday, 640, and that is kickoff for Seattle at Green Bay. Weather conditions are not supposed to be horrible, but there's supposed to be a lot of snow. Not a lot of wind, but uh, there's supposed to be like, you know, they're, they're asking, right? Gr- the Packers are asking uh, fans to come and help shovel snow on Sunday <laughs> to get the field ready for them. But nonetheless, and I'm on this as well, I love this, Aaron Jones over 91.5 total yards, both rushing and receiving. I love that prop bet. Why do you like it so much? I do. I do a lot. Actually, I have uh, – there's two prop bets like this. I like the rushing plus receiving yards. I like the Damian Williams over for the Chiefs as well. But, you know, Aaron Jones specifically, the line here, 91 and a half. Uh, look, I mean, look at the defense they're facing. Eight backs this season reached 19 touches against the Seahawks during the regular season. The yardage totals for those backs, 184, 175, 161, 139, 139, 113, 102, and 82. It's only one – fell short and barely of this 92, uh, this line of 92. And you might be wondering, well, Mike, is Aaron Jones going to get to those 19 touches or in that area? And the answer is, yeah, I think so. He's a pretty darn good shot. He did so seven times in the regular season, including three of their past four games. He's 10th in snaps among running backs. He's 7th in scrimmage yards. You know, he gets the volume in the backfield. So I also does a lot as a pass catcher. That kind of flies under the radar because all of the attention has been on his 19 touchdowns. But uh, the Seahawks gave gave up the fourth most receiving yards to backs during the regular season. So uh, this is a guy who's put up 140-plus yards in back-to-back games. He's a little riskier because Jamal Williams is healthy and going to play in this game. It makes me a little nervous. But even with Williams, he projects right around 99 yards. So, again, with a line of 91.5, I'm uh, I'm intrigued by this one. Love it. Mike, you rock. Again, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this Friday night. I really do appreciate your time. And um, hopefully you uh, will have helped us all win some coin. Thank you, Mike. Anytime. Take care, Anita.